This podcast is being recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and acknowledge their ongoing connection to land, waters and culture. Colonisation and genocide are ongoing processes that are still happening today. Sovereignty was never ceded and this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Hey everybody and welcome back to Ozpulse Snackpod, the podcast where normally two of Australia's foremost political nobodies would be bringing you bite-sized chunks of Australian politics and news with memes on the side. Uh, but it's uh, uh, Zach's birthday this week and um, he's busy doing stuff this weekend. Um, good, good for him. Uh, so I recorded an interview with Mev from Slutwalk. Um, she's one of the organisers of Slutwalk Melbourne, NARM. Um, and Slutwalk is happening next week from when this episode is released, so um, you can tune in. It's, it's all going to be on uh, 3CR Community Radio um, in, in Melbourne uh, because of, you know, the pandemic, even though lockdown is finished. So you can tune in uh, digitally from wherever you want, or if you're in, you know, radio range, you can tune in. Um, yeah, so we wanted to uh, have a chat with Mev, who's one of the organisers, about slot walk and the history and what's going on with that. Um, I was going to do a pun at the, the start of the show, but I, you know, I was like I was reading a bunch of food blogs about quote unquote slutty food, um, but none of them were really punnable. Um, and then I was like, you know, the word salad comes from, I'm pretty sure it's from an Arabic word, salat. So like, I don't know, salat, salad. Uh, I don't know. <clears throat> but what I do know is I'm very appreciative of our patrons, and in particular I wanted to shout out Malwin, who updated their pledge from $1 to 69 times 10 cents, which is nice, nice. Um, so, yeah, if you support us on Patreon, you get a monthly bonus episode, um, you get access to our Discord, and a bunch of other stuff. Um, this most recent uh, month we did a bonus episode about an Australian horror movie called Long Weekend, which was a lot of fun. We've got some good feedback about our uh, me and Zach's fairly firm disagreement about what the what was going on in that film. Uh, and then this month we're probably going to be doing one about polyamory, which we've been putting off for the last few months. So if that sounds interesting, you can get into that. Also thematically appropriate with Slutwalk, potentially. Um, cool, I think that's it. Uh, head over to patreon.com forward slash Yeah, yeah, other than that, um, thank you so much for tuning in. Enjoy this interview with Mev, and I'll catch you at the other end for a bit of a pup date. Hey, everyone. I'm sitting here with Mev. Uh, we're going to chat about Slut Walk. So, Mev, um, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners? Tell us about yourself, uh, your name, and pronouns as well, if that's okay. Hi, everybody. I'm Mev. Uh, she, her pronouns. And I've been part of organising Slut Walk since 2017. That's awesome. Slut Walk, Nam, Melbourne. Nice. Um, can you tell us a bit about what Slut Walk is and your like involvement with your organising? Like, what have you been doing with that? Yeah. So, with the history of Slut Walk, it started in Canada in 2011. It was a response um, to so a police officer was addressing a group of university students and said that they could avoid sexual assault by not dressing like sluts. Mm -hmm. And then the response was the protest, which quickly spread across the world, um, including Melbourne, Nam, where we've had a protest every year since 2011. 
Um, yeah, and so what sort of organizing stuff have you been doing for the last few years? I've done a range of different things. Um, I think I started with just marshalling and just helping being on the committee with workshops and things like that, like the banner making workshops. Mm -hmm. And then I've just gone across many different things, being a speaker liaison, being media liaison and getting the art for the posters. I've just, we all just do a range of different things. Whatever needs to get done. But yeah, that's cool. No, I think it's good to give our listeners sort of, you know, a flavor of the kind of thing that goes into organizing these events because, you know, I've been to a lot of rallies and, um, you know, you turn up and there's everyone there and there's these amazing banners and everyone knows where to go and there are marshals standing in vests being like, don't do that or whatever. And, um, you know, uh, there's all that work from people like you behind the scenes, making sure it, that comes together. So yeah, yeah, and it's different every year because we always have a different amount of volunteers and different capacities. You know, even mm-hmm. even volunteers like me who have been in it since 2017, I've had different levels of capacity each year. For sure, yeah, yeah. I used to do um, sort of anti-coal activism, and um, I had so much energy for that for like three years and burnt out and like have barely been able to like sign a petition since so no that um totally makes sense and like obviously yeah it's different people have different capacity or whatever yeah Mm. um so you mentioned that you've been doing speaker liaison and that kind of thing um there's yeah i think i did it years ago (laughs) all right sure cool i was gonna ask you um who who, uh, do you know who the speakers are that are going to be presenting this year oh actually sorry first could you tell us a little bit about what's happening this year is it online is it in real life what's the what's the plan yes so we've decided to do the same thing that we did last year we Mm -hmm. are having it on 3cr community radio which is 8 5 5 a.m and um we this year we're having a little bit extra we're going to have like a panel discussion as well on 3cr so a few members of the team and the host aretha brown i think another speaker eva sless is going to be there um we're all just going to reflect on the pre-recorded speeches and just have a bit of That's a awesome. discussion yeah yeah nice and do you know who those speeches are going to be from or like what the yeah so going to be about the host is Aretha Brown. I'm pretty sure we have a speech from her as well. Mm-hmm. Um, she's the only person I knew of before this. Mm-hmm. Um, she's an artist and activist who I saw speak at, I'm not sure if it was the 2017 or 2018 Invasion Day rally, but she spoke at both those years. Cool. And she's just really powerful, really great speaker. She's also Prime Minister of the National Indigenous Youth Parliament. That's awesome. And then uh, we have Queenie Bonbon, who's a performance artist and sex worker. We have uh, Dr. Blair Williams, who's a political scientist. She examines gendered media coverage of women in politics. And then we've had a few changes in speakers because it's been a bit hard to organise over the pandemic. Yeah, Yeah. but um, Eva Sless will be coming on as well. And they are an author and sex expert. That's amazing. It's such a sort of wide diversity of voices and people with different experience. And yeah, um, I guess everyone's there for roughly the same reason, which is to like oppose rape culture and dismantle patriarchy. 
um, or yeah, basically. something along those lines. We always try and get as much of a range as possible with the speakers, people who have different experiences. Mm. We always like to have sex worker experiences, mm-hmm. if possible, non-binary, gender non-conforming experiences as well. For sure. Um, yeah, so it's it's really great just getting to hear the opinions, views, and experiences of those people. Yeah, 100%. Um, and so you, you mentioned the sort of origin of the movement with the uh, COP in Canada sort of, uh, yeah, victim blaming. Um, yeah. And I guess that's been sort of a pretty central issue. For yeah, I, I was going to add that um, when the protests started, they were demanding an end to victim blaming, slut shaming. And rape culture and sort of all those concepts like the myth that slutty clothing can cause assault, mm-hmm. which puts the responsibility on the victim, which yep. isn't quite backwards. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Uh, well, yeah, 100% of assaults are caused by the person doing them. Um, yep. and, yeah. Um, yeah, so, but is that still kind of the central issue that Slut Walk's looking at? And yeah, what what sort of demands are there or what what's the movement working towards? Yeah, uh, our demands have remained the same the whole way through. It's an end to slut-shaming and victim-blaming. We do support campaigns and things that are going on outside of Slut Walk. Um, campaigns like Let Us Speak, mm-hmm. which um, was against the gag laws that meant victims and survivors of um, perpetrators that had been convicted couldn't speak. Um, right. to the media. So, yeah, we res- uh, we support different campaigns like that and respect is the rule. And each year, if we have any leftover funds from our fundraising that doesn't go into the March costs, then we support a selected charity. So JIRA, for example, we've supported mm-hmm. before and we'll support again this year. Uh, we also want to give a percentage of any funds that we have left over to Dajua Foundation, which is supporting families uh, affected by deaths in custody, Mm -hmm. just because we feel like we need to pay the rent a little bit more. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. And, um, you know, I was reading over the last week and sort of prepping for this um, about some of the criticisms, especially in the US, about um, the sort of lack of intersectionality potentially with Slut Walk and that it's a very white movement and so on. Um, but I know that in NARM, there's like a pretty strong attempt to make that not be the case, or at least to like center indigenous people and and other, you know, experiences. Um, Yeah, we definitely try to as much as possible. We, we have, um, different marginalized identities on the team. We Mm. have disabled folk, we have non-binary folk, we have, um, Indigenous folk as well, just trying to get as much insight as possible and, you know, having that being the controlling voice of Slut Walk in Nam. But I'm sure that there are a lot of issues all over the world and generally there, there are a lot of issues with Slut Walk being quite a white feminist movement. Mm. And look, I'm not trying to like throw any shade. My show is like two cis white men um, <laughs> talking for an hour. So like, you know, we, we're not... Um, you know, people in glass houses and so on. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think um, it's really cool how Slut Walk um, in, um, does 
do that. And I remember we were talking to Leah um, yeah. last year, I think it was, ep- 78, 70, episode 70 something. It's called Putanesca. <laughs> um, and we were talking about some of the illustrations that had been done for the like leaflets and advertising for Slut Walk that I thought were just like striking and beautiful of like everybody is beautiful and there are a whole lot of different types of bodies on it. And it was just yeah. like really front and center. And I thought that was, yeah, just super cool. Yeah, we always prioritize um, diverse bodies and inclusion when we're um, doing the briefs for the art. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, we've talked about rape culture and victim blaming uh, a little bit. And I was wondering, sort of, yeah, do you have anything to tell the listeners about, like, how to stop that and how to bring it to an end? Sorry, that's a pretty like broad and open question, but <laughs> yeah. Difficult. Yeah, it it requires, I think it's not just things like um, political um, campaigns and um, policy, but also just a shift in awareness and attitudes across the general public as well. And I mean, my personal journey with Slutwalk has been an interesting one when I first um, heard of Slut Walk. It was in 2011 when it first started. I was mm-hmm. 17 and I was in an abusive relationship at the time and I had a lot of things to unlearn myself. I had internalised misogyny to work through and um, I kind of dismissed it for the wrong reasons in that I didn't want to associate myself with women who wanted to be slutty. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that resentment towards other women is something that we are conditioned into in society being uh, growing up in this society. But I think there's also, there are a lot of valid reasons. I wanted to acknowledge there are a lot of valid reasons Mm -hmm. to not want to identify with the word slut. Uh, It's been weaponized against women and non-binary people and it's used a lot to blame victims for their assault, but also it can be linked to trauma and people with a history of trauma may not want to associate themselves with slut walk for those reasons. Mm-hmm. For me, I realised that it's not about being a slut. It's, being, it's about saying, like, we can be sluts, we cannot be sluts. It doesn't make a difference because mm-hmm. it's not our fault. It's yep. never the victim's fault. And there's nothing wrong with being a slut. Be a slut, do it. Be, what's the thing? Um, be a slut, do whatever you want. The meme. Um, and, yeah, th- there were a few things that really influenced um, my change of attitude. Mm-hmm. One of the things that sort of sparked it was that I had to get a restraining order against somebody, um, an ex who had been stalking me and sexually assaulted me. And... I started to realize firstly that my clothing had nothing to do with his actions Mm -hmm. and if he was going to come after me, I also realized how prevalent victim blaming is in the community that people just went to ridiculous lengths to make it my fault, his actions, my fault, um, and not putting the responsibility on the perpetrator. And then um, I also started to think, just explore different um, types of thinking. For example, if you are trying to stop sexual assaults by not wearing 
provocative or slutty clothing, then you're just ensuring that any perpetrator that's around is going to target somebody else, mm, somebody who might really be more vulnerable. Yeah. And so that kind of line of thinking that the slutty clothing is the problem, yep. it just completely misses the fact that it's the perpetrator that's the problem. Yeah. It's their that's, actions. That's such a good example of how like, even if you accept the bullshit logic, it still ends up being like not making any sense. Mm. Um, that that exactly as you say, like, well, if you don't wear that, then it's just like putting someone else in the firing line or whatever. And yeah. like that's yeah, so horrible. And and it just doesn't make any sense. And like we know that assault is about power and yeah. like about it, it doesn't matter what it's not about the, the victim's sexual availability or right. anything. It's nothing about what the victim is doing. Definitely. The responsibility should re rest solely on the perpetrator. And we've seen so much that it doesn't in many different ways, you know, like from cases where they bring out the victim's underwear as evidence that, that they should have been assaulted and what things like that, that just That's don't, horrible. doesn't make any sense, but yep. it's so normalized in society. So I think, yeah, I, I went through quite a learning curve mm. um, understanding that and learning about consent was a really big thing as well, because mm -hmm. really it all comes down to consent with any of these gray areas, For sure. <laughs> quotations. Um, yeah, yeah. It's all about consent, really. It's all about if you're initiating something, you need to make, make sure that the other person is okay with that. Yeah, I think that, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think um, there's a lot of really important focus on consent and enthusiastic consent um, in sort of, yeah, progressive anti-misogynistic circles. Yeah. Um, but I also think, you know, there's something that I really appreciate that I've been seeing in the last few years and that I've been learning from has been about consent in other situations, about, you know, asking for hugs or, yeah. um, you know, like doesn't really apply to me because I don't have kids in my life, but like, um, you know, about grandma doesn't get a hug just because she wants yeah. one or like, it's always the kid's autonomy. Yeah, um, definitely. Learning even... that from a young age is really important. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry. That's just a comment that I wanted to make about. Definitely. Like I just think, seeing I think that practicing, yeah, practicing consent in a lot of different areas is really good. And things like um, asking people if they are comfortable with hugging before mm -hmm. hugging them is great. Things also around, for example, giving somebody a drink when you're yeah. out at a bar, you know, making sure that you're not forcing that kind of thing on somebody. And yeah, there are many different ways to practice um, consensual practices. Totally. Yeah. Practice consensual practice. hundred no, percent. Yeah. Me and my housemate have a really nice vibe where we, you know, hang out and watch TV most evenings or whatever. Um, but we always, you know, sometimes we won't feel like it. And I, sorry, I realize this is like a really minor thing in like a discussion about sexual assault. It's but still relevant. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's something really nice when one of us is like, no, I don't feel like it because then it's like, oh, well, the whole rest of the time they do. That's like awesome. Yeah. And like the, the nose, you know, and feel really valuable or something. Yeah, it's always great when you can communicate when you're when you're not feeling up to something and you have that safe kind of environment to do that where yeah, a lot of us have experienced many different environments where it wasn't safe to speak up. So I think that kind of thing happening more is is really great. Yep.
Um, you mentioned before the show, and it's fine if you don't want to talk about this, but about the judge in your case being yeah. shitty. Yeah. Do you, would you feel okay about talking about that a bit? Definitely, yeah. One of the things that came to light for me was just how entrenched victim blaming is when I was getting the intervention order against my ex. Um, firstly, it was the magistrate in the court where I was getting the intervention order put through who was checking my age against the um, records and he said, okay, so you're 18 and he's 23. And then he looked up at me and he said, oh, he's a bit old for you, isn't he? In this kind of disapproving tone, as if that somehow me choosing to go out with somebody who was older than me when I was 18 somehow meant that I'd made the wrong decision and that was my fault. I don't know what his line of thinking was, but he thought it appropriate to tell me that that my um, abuser was a bit too old for me. And then dealing with the police afterwards when my ex violated the restraining order, I mean intervention order a couple of times, was fruitless. The police said they couldn't do anything without video evidence, basically. (laughs) I was at a workplace and he'd turned up and lingered outside of my workplace. And, yeah, police just said they couldn't do anything. I mean, my experience is nowhere near the kinds of things other people go through but that just really brought to light for me for the first time that yeah it's just everywhere victim blaming is everywhere my peers were victim blaming me the the authorities were victim blaming Mm. yeah so that I think that that just really shined a light on it for me it reminds me of that meme and it's like so gross that it's real life but it's like oh Everyone complains about the police, but who do you want to turn up and lecture you about how it's your <laughs> fault when something goes wrong or whatever? And it's just like, yeah. oh, that's just literally all they yeah. have to offer. Yeah. Yeah. Turning up and telling telling you they can't do anything most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I kind of um, asked this a bit before, but yeah, I just wanted to... Yeah, touch on it again about like ending rape culture and again, like, you know you're one person and you're obviously doing a huge amount to work in this space, but like what can I do and what can the listeners do in our lives to like change our behavior and and change the society around us? Yeah. I think supporting movements like slut walk, let us speak campaign, respect is the rule. Other things around this kind of thing, is really good. I also think that everybody needs to learn more about consent. No matter how much you think you know about consent, there always seems to be more to learn. Mm -hmm. And at Mm -hmm. least in my experience, I thought that I had learned about consent in school. And then I kept finding out more and more that made everything clearer, like Mm -hmm. informed consent, enthusiastic consent, things like someone who is unconscious cannot consent, which um, someone who is unconscious cannot consent was a really big one for me because I was unconscious when my um, abuser had found me and sexually Mm. assaulted me. And that was something I was being blamed for. Yeah. So, and also silence is not consent is a really big one because Mm -hmm. so many people think that as long as there's no, um, loud uh, no or whatever. Yeah. As long as there's, there isn't a no, as long as there's, um, no pushback, then, 
everything's fine but that's Mm. just not true because a lot of people especially people who've experienced trauma will freeze up Mm. so yeah I think that educating yourself and others about consent is a really good thing I think that um, practicing consent in all different ways like we were speaking about before is a really great thing as well and and supporting different campaigns and supporting survivors as well Mm -hmm. you know if somebody that you know tells you about one of your mates that you think is a cool guy that has done some um fucked up shit (laughs) then you need to listen to them and um you know see what you can do for the survivors Mm. and not immediately go to the defense of the perpetrator Mm -hmm. which a lot of people it's really hard a lot of people um will automatically jump to the defense of their friends but yeah yeah it's it's a really important thing to support survivors the um amount of shit that we go through just trying to report an assault should show you that it's Mm. (laughs) likely to be true yeah yeah and the systems that in theory are supposed to like deal with it after the fact never do and so like the responsibility has to be on us and i say us you know especially meaning men um but everyone to like yeah pick up that shit in our own lives in our own circles um and yeah just like those are a bunch of yeah really good things and i guess something that i've also been thinking about recently is about like critically consuming media um because there's so many stories that reinforce rape culture is sort of constantly being sold to us and given to us and it's like unavoidable even if you don't watch tv or read books or listen to music somehow it's still like everywhere and like yeah yeah i don't know i guess on some level it's impossible to never watch a sexist movie if you want to watch movies sometimes but like um just to be like super critical and aware of the yeah underlying assumptions and the who's being punished for having a sexuality or whatever. Yeah. And so many of the movies that we grew up watching and media in general, we have love stories that start with men harassing women and mm, coercing mm-hmm. them into situations where they oh, so were with the man and that's seen as romance. And that just reinforces for young women and girls and non-binary people growing up that, you know, we just need to put up with it. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> I've, I'm, I've lost all my words. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been really good. Um, it's been very interesting and you've like touched on a lot of things super quickly and like, I think I kind of tried to rush through all my notes <laughs> quickly. <laughs> yeah. We got through most of it as well. It's fine. Um, <laughs> Yeah, okay, well, why don't we wrap up soon, but um, do you want to just tell the listeners again, like, what is happening this year? What date is it? How can they get involved? Um, Things to follow online for you, for Startwalk, and so on and so forth. Yeah, definitely. So tune in to 3CR on 855 AM, Saturday, November 13th at 1 PM. So that'll be next week after this episode comes out assuming that I am capable of counting up to double yes. digits, which I think I, yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. And um, for anyone with um, hearing impairment, we will have transcripts of the speeches cool. available. Um, you can contact the Slutwalk Nam Melbourne page. I think we might actually just be Slutwalk Melbourne. Um, 
Yeah, and I think so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At Slutwalk yeah. Melbourne on Facebook. Yeah, so you can contact the Slutwalk Melbourne page on Facebook or you can email slutwalkmelbourne at gmail.com i'm pretty sure sorry we'll double check that and put the correct email in the show notes listeners so you can get in touch yeah yeah if you would like to get in touch and yeah tune in to 3cr and yeah awesome we also we have we had an idea where you can also blast the radio on the streets and pretend yeah. that you're actually at the march 100 <laughs> percent. that's a great idea yeah it makes me think of um the flaming lips uh not my favorite band but they have mm. they had a they did a concert where it was at like a drive-in movie theater and they gave everyone cassettes and they people put the cassettes in the car and hit play and just like turn the volume up and open the windows and that yeah. was the concert was everyone playing their tapes like five ten minutes apart from each other for like an hour and a half anyway yeah, that cool. but for smashing patriarchy yeah we're thinking Instead of, of having mediocre ma- rock music <laughs> yeah we're thinking maybe of having some listening parties but we'll see how we go sweet <laughs> all right mev thank you so much this has been fabulous it's been super informative and um just thank you so much for all the work you've been doing for slut walk it sounds like you're like yeah putting in the rest of the rest the of the team does so much more than also I everyone as well i'm not but yeah thank you for covering this this and yeah for having me on the show no worries all right thanks Hey everyone, thank you for listening to that interview. I hope you enjoyed it uh, as much as I enjoyed doing it. I was really impressed. Mev was like super prepped and had like a lot to say and just like smashed through it. It was awesome. I like barely had to say anything and they just like ran. So yeah, that's great. And uh, obviously she's doing like, yeah, sounds like she's doing a lot of a lot of work behind the scenes as is everyone else. So everyone go turn up to Slutwalk Melbourne 2021 um, and appreciate the hard work and enjoy the... Uh, the speakers um but uh you know it's the end of the show so that means it's time for the business if you want a podcast you gotta do a lot of shit that's not technically podcasting you still gotta do that shit so please follow us on all of the socials. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram at OzPulseSnackPod and all of those things. Um, please share the episodes. Please comment on them. Please post about us. Please tag us. Please tweet at us. We love it. Um, we'd also really appreciate it if you left a review over on Apple Podcasts uh, because it really bumps us in the ratings and it makes us feel good about ourselves and the work that we're doing. So that would be lovely. If you haven't left a review, please do so. And if you have money that you can and want to spend on us for $1 a month, you get a monthly bonus episode and access to our Discord and higher amounts, higher other cool stuff. Um, So please do that. Also, please come watch me play games on Twitch, twitch.tv slash noonplaysgames. I'm there a couple days a week. Uh, I think that's all in terms of plugging. Now it's time for a prop game. So, Zach, what's Dante been up to this week? Wait, no. There's no Dante. Sad. I'm sure he's been having a, a lovely, stinky nuisance time. Um, I've had a slightly difficult week with Bagel, or a sad week, because he's been a bit sick. Um, I've been for the last couple of days just like not sure if I should be taking him to vet hospital or not seems fine today he's just like had an upset stomach but like a bit more than seems okay anyway the other thing that's happened is in the the huge storm last week it broke our back gate 
uh, I think I might have mentioned it last week, but it, it like now opens outwards instead of inwards. Um, and the landlord, who's an anti-vaxxer, came around to fix it. Um, but he apparently did a terrible job because it keeps opening, which is weird because I can't actually figure out physically how it manages to open itself. Um, but it did it three times last night, which was really annoying. Um, but it also means that I can't like leave Bagel out in the yard because he will 100% certainly run out the back and attack a small child or French bulldog or whatever. Um, so it's kind of shitty for him. He has to stay inside extra. Um, but yeah, he's, he's doing okay. He's cheery despite his upset tum and slight confinement. Anyway, uh, I think that's going to do it. Um, thank you all for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the interview and we'll be back next week for a regular show. Uh, keep on crunching in the snack world. Crunch, crunch. <laughs>